We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. Now, we are sorry we are one day late, but Fachi, we've got some good news, don't we? We do. We actually have a pretty fun episode for you guys. I can't take credit for this because my co-host, Alex Golden, did. And, uh, I mean, he's the one who came up with the idea, so I think it's only fitting that you introduce uh, today's topic. Absolutely. So we kind of put it out there a little bit on our twitter page setting the pace three we are doing a pacers all time march madness bracket so i get i guess the technical term is the pacers march madness tournament and we have i believe eight to nine people on our voting committee that's going to help us determine the winner so we have made uh one bracket of 32 teams in our top left section we have the ding dong the witch is dead bracket and in our second one, we have the Smothered Chicken bracket. And then on the right side, we have the Boom Baby bracket. And, of course, everybody's favorite, the Connecticut Water bracket. So, Fachi, you know, looking at this, I went through and, to be fair, I was trying to figure out which teams to rank where. So, you all know Mark Monteith from Pacers.com. He's been covering this team for a very long time. And I just had to get his input. I said all right, I need your top 10 teams so that way I can build off that. And then I figured out the other remaining 32 from that top 10 and and seeded accordingly. But he said, hands down, the number one seed should be the 1997-1998 Indiana Pacers that lost a game seven at Chicago. Fachi, what are your thoughts? That is a strong team. I mean, Michael Jordan was not known for going to game sevens. And that Pacers team... Pushed him to the brink. I mean, that was that was a really exciting series, especially Jordan's last run as a Chicago Bull. Yeah. And, hey, with the Utah Jazz coming in the NBA Finals, who knows? If the Pacers made the NBA Finals, anything could have happened that year. Absolutely. And, you know, 
looking at that team, I just want to go through this roster real quick because it's incredible how good this team was. So they, uh, they're starting five. Mark Jackson, Reggie Miller, Chris Mullen, Dale Davis, Rick Smith. And then the key bench players for this team were Derek McKee, Antonio Davis, Jalen Rose, Travis Best, Fred Hoiberg, and Austin Crozier. Coach Larry Bird, I believe that was Larry's first year, because mm-hmm. if you recall, the previous year, the Pacers actually missed the playoffs. And Larry Brown was the coach. They fired Larry Brown, brought in Larry Bird. They were the fifth best defense that year and the fourth best offense that year. Those are really good numbers. And they were the third seed in the Eastern Conference with a 58-24 and 24 record. I mean, lost game seven against the Bulls, and they really should have won that game, Flachy. Yeah, I mean, I believe they were up in that game very early, more like the first first half, and just kind of let that lead slip away. And anytime you're going up against the literal GOAT, Michael Jordan himself, no lead is safe. And yeah. for that Pacers team... Man, 58 wins. You talk about just some of the Hall of Famers on that team. While he wasn't, you know, necessarily, you know, a star player. I mean, there's even Chris Mullen on that team, another Hall of Famer in conjunction with Reggie Miller and Larry Bird. Just the amount of talent. You know, when you're talking about Mark Jackson, I mean, whew, I, you feel like if that Pacers team ran to just about anyone else, they're going to the NBA Finals. But yeah. hey, Michael Jordan was in his way, and during his time in the NBA, he pretty much stopped just about everybody in the East. Absolutely. And so as we talk about this number one team, I want to talk about the second team that I picked for this ranking when I was going through. And I ended up giving that team to the 1999-2000 team that was 56-26, and 26, uh, first in the Eastern Conference. They lost game six um, against the Lakers. And it was a very difficult game because Shaq and Kobe were just unbelievable. But Fachi... You did that bracket and all the work for that as far as getting information and analyzing that. So when when you're looking at that 1999-2000 team, very similar to the team that we just talked about, but they had a couple more players that were uh, key contributors prior to the team from 97-98. Sure. I mean, starting lineup, you're looking at Mark Jackson, Reggie Miller, Jalen Rose, Dale Davis, and Rick Smith. I mean, that's a strong five right there. Mm -hmm. And a a starting five that – very dear to a lot of Pacer fans because, I mean, there was a lot of great memories in that three-year stretch under Larry Bird. Uh, I mean, even on the bench, you got a young Al Harrington. You know, you got Chris Mullen in there, Austin Crozier. I mean, there's there's some some talent over there. I believe Jeff Foster was, uh, I think, a rookie that year as well. Mm-hmm. So just some names that you know Pacer fans are very familiar with. Obviously, you got Sam Perkins in there. Yeah, Derek Big Smooth. So. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just, hey, the team that, the Pacers team that went to the NBA Finals, the lone team right there, you got to have as a one seed. And just such a shame that they ran into MVP Shaquille O'Neal and an up and coming Kobe Bryant. Because you know, a lot of good veterans. A lot of good veterans. Lot, like oh, team. yeah. Brian Shaw, Rick Fox, Glenn Rice, just to name a few. Horace Grant, I think, was on that team, wasn't he? He was. He was. I mean, just it's really tough in that situation to get uh, that situation to get by that Lakers team. I mean, oof. there was a couple games where you know it was rough to see the Pacers go down 2-0 in that series, but hey, they fought back because the hardest thing is Game Four in that series. They lose by two points in overtime. Yeah. So this series could have been different. Really, could have been different. And with just how talented that Lakers team was. 
I mean, people cannot forget about just how good that Pacers team was. Yeah, and then we're going to go ahead and transition into the number three team that I picked for this bracket, uh, getting a number one seed in the Connecticut water bracket, Fachi. Our 2013-2014 Indiana Pacers. Now, this is the Paul George, David West era, of course, and some of you might say, well, that 2012-2013 team, you know, pushed them to seven games uh, the previous year. But, you know, I, I felt like you look at all the players that they had brought on that team. I think you, you left a guy off there, Fachi, on the bench, Andrew Bynum. Uh, but he was only <laughs> for there for a reason. Two, he was there for, <laughs> hey, he was still on the bench, Fach. So you can't leave off a player that was only there for two games. I know you did mention it uh, <laughs> in the notes yeah, down here. Exactly. But here's what I want to say about this. They ended up getting the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They're 56-26. and 26. They did lose in, in six games. They got down three games to one. It was very difficult. But that team was really, really good, and they were trying to defeat the, the back-to-back champions there with the Miami Heat. You know, you can argue whatever team from those three years we went up against the Heat in the playoffs for who was the best team that the Pacers had. But I felt like because they got the number one seed in the Eastern Conference – I thought I had to give it to them because they were just a really good team that just fell short. Yeah, no, it's true. And I thought it was funny is uh, the notes that I had uh, there. Danny Granger traded at the All-Star break for Evan Turner, comma, Andrew Bynum is signed, parentheses, chemistry is ruined. <laughs> just right there. It was, he just played two games, but Roy Hibbert just went flat after that. A lot of rumors that that signing really kind of mentally hurt Roy Hibbert. Um, and obviously it's been cited in the past that, you know, trading Danny Granger, Granger was a locker room leader there, that that was that was rough. David West has cited that in a, a few different articles. So, man, that Pacers team with a one credit I will give to, to management, they went all in with that team because we felt like we saw them make the move for Evan Turner as Granger, as I love him, his knees were, were given out. He was weaker. Evan Turner was you know, kind of in his prime, we quickly realized he was the best player on a really bad Sixers team. But also bringing in Andrew Bynum, because if Bynum was healthy, I think it would have gave his Pacers team a boost. In the end, hey, great record, 56-26, and the one seed, but you fell short to the Heat once again in the conference finals. Yeah, we saw a complete fall off from Roy Hibbert that year as well in the playoffs. You know, <laughs> the Hawks played him off the court. We're having to play Chris Copeland at center because... Hibbert's getting killed by no-name center Pero Antich. Uh, only time you ever heard his name was in that series legitimately. The next year, he was pretty much out of the league. So, uh, you know, and it was definitely a chemistry problem trading Danny Granger for Evan Turner. We can talk about Andrew Bynum a little bit. I think, personally, if he stays healthy, Hibbert probably doesn't even play uh, nearly the amount of minutes he does in the playoffs. I think that you might even see Bynum get some starts because of mm-hmm. how mentally – uh, I don't want to say this to be rude, but it was just like mentally Hibbert was not there. It was just like well, something was going on internally. We've heard all the rumors about you know who was with whose girlfriend, whatever, all that stuff. But beside that, I just really think that there were issues with that team. Chemistry was ruined. Larry Bird was trying to go all in. Maybe he made a, a move one too many, maybe two too many. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of times, one thing you can give Bird credit for is he wasn't afraid, you know, to swing on a deal to make the team better. And he was trying to win games, trying to win a championship. He knew the Heat were going to be a problem. So, you know, I give him credit for trying, but I also didn't agree necessarily with the moves, especially 
V. Evan Turner one, who which really just ended up biting the Pacers in the butt because he was not effective in the playoffs. And when you're putting up numbers on a team that's tanking and you already have plans for a vacation, hard to transition to go from the worst team in the Eastern Conference to the best team and trying to be a contributor to a team winning a championship. Really is. Was never able to carve out a role. Really had no chemistry with the team. And I just feel like Danny Granger was so respected by that Pacers team that it would have been tough for pretty much anyone to step into those shoes. Um, I just feel like it's a classic example of hindsight is twenty twenty because at the time, while I was sad Granger was gone, I was I was excited for what we were going to get in Evan Turner. I felt like that could have been someone where instead of about 18 points per game, you're getting about maybe 14 points per game. And Andrew Bynum, I, I felt like, hey, there could be something here. He was a couple years removed, maybe about two years removed from being – a really good player on the Lakers, mm-hmm. and after two games, it was it was all over. Both both guys completely, you know, fizzled out or, or just blew up whatever it was. I mean, I remember towards the end, Bynum wasn't even traveling with the team after oh, yeah. a while. It, it it just it was a disaster. So, I, I like I said, props to management going all in. It just didn't work out, unfortunately. Absolutely. So let's get to our last number one seed here before we jump into our bracket and go through each bracket individually. So let's look at the 2003-2004 Indiana Pacers. They finished 61-21, and 21, coached by Rick Carlisle. You know, this was the best record in franchise history. This was the best record in the NBA that season. And I just, they lost to Detroit in the Eastern Conference Finals. Of course, Detroit was always on our way there. We could not beat them. They had our number. Even though I felt like we were pretty evenly matched with them, they just always had our number when it came down to it. Now, a lot of you guys might be thinking, man, where, why wasn't the brawl team number one? Well, look, you have to look at what happened with that brawl team. You get guys suspended. You get guys like Jermaine, 25, Steven Jackson, 30 games, Ron Artest out for the year. If those guys aren't suspended, then, you know, it's easier for us to put them as a number one seed, you know. When you're when we're trying to determine the bracket, we had to put everything into consideration. You know, locker room problems. You know, the brawl was a big deal that we had to put into consideration. They still, I believe, got a two or three seed, but the Pacers were not a very good team once everybody was suspended and they had a rough season. It was just one of those things where it was difficult to watch. But I felt like the team that the best record in franchise history had to be a one seed, Fachi. Led by Reggie Miller, J- uh, Jermaine O'Neal, and Ron Artest. That was a really good team, and that bench was pretty solid, too. Alex, I loved this team. I mean, my Pacer mania was just running wild at this time. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, this was like prime Jermaine O'Neal. Finished third in the league in MVP voting that year. I remember it was, I mean, Ron Artest was just unbelievable. I mean, as Defensive Player of the Year, Ron Artest. I mean, just Reggie Miller's, like, last true run where you felt like he was going to get that ring to mm. top off the Hall of Fame career. And just even on that bench, I mean, Al Harrington, he ends up getting traded in the offseason for Steven Jackson. So you got Al Harrington right there really coming into his own. You got friend of the show, Scott Pollard, on there. And just, you know, you got some of the classic Pacers, like Austin Crozier. And then you obviously have your guys like, you know, Jonathan Bender and Fred Jones and other just, you know, Anthony Johnson, who ended up being a pretty solid contributor later on. But that Pacers team, it felt like options were endless. I felt like the best team did not win the championship that year because Jermaine's hurt right around playoff time. I mean, I don't think he was able to deliver exactly what he hoped 
for and Detroit. They end up getting Rasheed Wallace at the trade deadline. Yeah, made a big yeah. difference. I think without that move, yeah. I think the Pacers at least go to the NBA Finals and rematch against the Lakers. Different Lakers team, but Lakers nonetheless. Yeah, that was the Carl Malone, Gary Payton Lakers who lost oh, in yeah. five games to the Detroit Pistons. So the Pacers would have really had a great chance there to get a championship. And I personally agree with you. This might have been their best chance to get it. I, I completely agree about Rasheed Wallace. That move put the Pistons over the top uh, to be re- the Pacers. It just it really did. It yeah. just it's just tough when it comes down to it because when you're talking about that Lakers team that went down in five, mentally they were done. Yeah, that was a Lakers team that was you know pretty much they were coming off that there had been like one year in between they're coming off that three peat and the Spurs got one and then the Lakers and then Shaq and Kobe they hit their end point right there. Right. Shaq gets traded in the offseason. It felt like the Pacers could have taken advantage of a Lakers team that was maybe kind of at their throats. And also, Carl Malone had a lot of stuff going on. I think, you know, unfortunately, someone in his family might have been a parent or someone was passing away. I remember he was in and out. I think he missed a game in the playoffs. Like, there's just, there was a lot of stuff, a lot of moving parts that you're trying to combine. And I think that that Pacers team, you know, when we had Jermaine O'Neal on the show, he mentioned that the chemistry should have been better. This Pacers team, they weren't all bonding on and off the court. But if they had, I think that was the only thing that I was missing, really. Absolutely, Flatchy. So let's go ahead and just recap the number one seeds before we take a break, and then we'll come back and unveil the entire bracket to you. So number one, we have the 1997-1998 team that lost to the Bulls in Game 7. We have the 99-2000 team that lost to the Lakers in Game 6. The 2013-2014 Indiana Pacers that lost to the Miami Heat in six games. And then we have the 2003-2004 Indiana Pacers team that lost to the Detroit Pistons in the um, Eastern Conference Finals. So we will be right back and we will unveil the bracket. All right, everybody, welcome back, and we are going to unveil the Pacers March Madness Tournament, and we have 32 teams seated one through eight in four different separate brackets, and we're going to start things off with the ding-dong, the Witch is Dead bracket, so the number one seed is, of course, like we mentioned earlier in the previous segment, 1997 to 1998, and the number eight seed, we have 2007-2008, uh, so those two teams will be going head-to-head. With the four seed, we've got the 1990-1991 Pacers going up against the 1986-1987 team. And then as our three seed, we have the 2002-2003 Indiana Pacers going up against that 1996-1997 team. That was the only team to miss the playoffs in the 90s, but that roster was still intact. Very solid, strong six seed right there. And then moving over to the 2-7 matchup, at number two, we have the 1993-1994 Indiana Pacers team. Uh, and we also have at number seven, 2014 versus 2015, the only team in the 2010s era to not make the playoffs. So pretty cool bracket there. Some interesting matchups. We'll come back to that. Fachi, what do you got for the Boom Baby bracket? All right. So for the Boom Baby bracket, we have as our one seed the 1999 to 2000 team, the NBA Finals team taking on the 1987 to 1988 Pacers team uh, in the one versus eight matchup. And sliding over to the four versus five, we have the recent 2018-2019 Pacers team taking on the 2001 to 2002 Indiana Pacers. 
Then sliding over, we have as our three seed the 1995 to 1996 Indiana Pacers team taking on the 91 to 1992 team. And then lastly, the two seed, the 1994 to 1995 Pacers taking on the 2010 to 2011 Pacers team. So we got some fun matchups in this bracket. Um, and I'm really excited to hear your guys' thoughts, but we got to keep going. So, Alex, tell us about the next bracket that we have up. Yes, Fachi. We have the Smother Chicken bracket, and we have the number one seed 2003-2004 Indiana Pacers team that we mentioned in the previous segment. That won 61 games going up against the oh, the terrible 2006-2007 Indiana Pacers team, the beginning of the Mike Dunleavy era. Gross, right? So we know who's going to win that game. But as mm-hmm. the 4-5 matchup, it's a pretty interesting one. We have the 2015-2016 Pacers team. And we have the 1992-1993 Indiana Pacers teams playing each other. That'll be a fun matchup. And then at the 3-6, we have 2011-2012. That team um, that played the the Miami Heat in the semifinals lost in six games, but it was the Danny Granger pulling on LeBron's jersey uh, team, which was a fun one going up against that 2000-2001 Indiana Pacers team. And then as our 2-7, as the 2, we have the 2012 2013 Pacers that took the Miami Heat to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals against the woeful 1980-1981 Indiana Pacers team that you guys probably don't even know anybody on there besides George McGinnis. So uh, it's uh, it's an older team, but hey, we've got all this documented for you guys. So we're going to go ahead and post these uh, informa- post all this information on PacersTalk.net with the bracket for you guys to fill out. As we go along, we have a voting committee, Fachi, that's going to be helping us determine the winners as we come to a a final winner on our show. But we want to hear from you guys, too. So anyway, Faji, round us out with the Connecticut Water Bracket. For our last bracket, the Connecticut Water Bracket, we have our one seed, the 2013-2014 Indiana Pacers that we talked about before, taking on the woeful 1979-1980 1979 to 1980 Pacer teams. I promise you guys, if you have not looked this team up, it is hideous. Then, moving on to the four versus five matchup, we have the 2017 2018 Pacers, very fun team, taking on the 2005 to 2006 Pacers. Then we have, moving on to the three seed, the 2004 2005 Brawl team, taking on the 1989 to 1990. Pacers team, and then lastly, the two seed, 1998-1999 Indiana Pacers taking on the 2016-2017 teams, best known as the last year of Paul George and the first year of Nate McMillan coaching. (laughs) So very top-heavy bracket. I think this bracket may be a little bit easier to decide than some of the others. Yeah, I know. I think on some of the matchups it's going to be fun, but I think – you know, you look at that three seed, Fachi, that was the brawl team. And we, we mentioned, you know, you have to consider that these guys were suspended. But a lot of people love that team and think they would have won the championship. You also got to look at that 1998-1999 team that lost game six against the Knicks in the Eastern Finals. You got the four-point 
uh, phantom foul play on Antonio Davis against Larry Johnson. You know, that team was awesome. And the lockout was that year as well. So definitely some interesting sleeper teams in the two, three, and of course the four seed. I, I actually like that team a lot. The team that should have beaten LeBron James and the Cavaliers, mm-hmm. the beginning of the Victor Oladipo era, that team is going to have a special place. And I think a lot of our fans hearts. So that could be a team that definitely surprises people. But you know, talking about that eight seed, the seventeen, the nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty team. Just reading some names here on the bench: Corky Calhoun, Tony Zeno, uh, Phil Chinier, Clement Johnson. You know, uh, I mean, none of you guys have heard of these people. Uh, this was the only team I believe on this list that was coached by Slick Leonard. Yes, I believe so. The legendary Slick Leonard. And just seeing the name Corky Calhoun just really made me think that is a definition of like 70s basketball right there. Uh, You know, and what was also really rough, that was the last year of Alex English on the Pacers when he was traded, ends up having a Hall of Fame. Yes, it was rough. Uh, Trading Alex English goes on with an amazing career. But also, uh, you know, the Pacers, they finished eighth in the Eastern Conference despite being 37 and 45. Well, the problem was there was only 11 teams in the conference. So pretty much, you know, you're talking about 80% of the teams are making the playoffs when there was only 22 teams in the league. So uh, I'm thinking that team's going to be an early exit in this tournament. Absolutely. So there's some interesting matchups for sure. A lot of information we just threw out you. So it's going to be tough to go through and really break down everything. But I think that it's a good time for us to talk about our voting committee that's going to help us be determining the winner. So Fachi, um, I'm not sure if you remember everybody on that voting committee. So I will go ahead and read through the list. Um, I mentioned earlier, Mark Monteith helped me create this bracket a little bit by giving me his top 10 Pacers teams and Went ahead and did that, but also some guys that you will know. We have Scott Agnes from The Athletic helping us on this bracket, Jeremiah Johnson from Fox Sports Indiana, and of course, Chris Denary from Fox Sports Indiana, as well as helping us. We've got Tony East from Locked On Pacers and Forbes and all his all his good work that he does on different websites. Uh, Kevin Bowen, who we've had on the show before as well, is going to be helping us. And, of course, you guys know Dave from uh, at Miller Time Pod. Now, they don't do a podcast anymore, but Miller Time Pod was one of the first original podcasts that we've ever uh, that was ever done by a Pacers person. So pretty pretty cool to have them on there. And, of course, we've got Mark Monteith and Kent Sterling helping us as well in the voting process. So a lot of, a lot of interesting guys that have covered this team and seen a lot of Pacers basketball to help us find the winner for these teams. So, Fachi, do you like the committee? Do you think there's anybody we're missing? Ah, uh, man, I don't think so, unless you're talking players, because those are guys, in terms of people who cover the team, as credible as it gets. I mean, these guys know their Indiana Pacers history, and uh, I, I trust all of their input as well as the listeners. So, love to hear from you guys afterwards, but for now, I think we're in good hands. Absolutely. And so I did reach out to a few more people. I reached out to Caitlin Cooper, uh, did not hear back from her. So, you know, um, maybe she's just busy working on other things, which I completely understand. So we did reach out to her because she is a great Pacers mind. And, you know, I reached out to JMV as well, and he was unable to do it. So, you know, just trying to get the right amount of people. If I had Slick Leonard and I could call him up, that'd be great to talk to him too. But I think he'd be pretty upset that we didn't put any of the ABA teams on there. And I'm sure some of you guys are wondering, what about this year's Pacers team? 
Why aren't they on the list? Well, I felt like it was hard to truly evaluate them without seeing what they do in the playoffs. I'm sure they would make you know this this list over like we just made fun of the Corky team in 1979-1980. But, yeah, you know, it's just I didn't know where to accurately put them with the other teams, so I wanted to only do teams that had completed seasons, and I feel like that's the only fair way to go about it. Do you have any uh, qualms with that, Fotch? No, no, it's true because the, the grade right now, you'd have to give them incomplete. This Pacers team could finish anywhere from four to six right now, and we don't know where they end up going in the, in the playoffs. I mean, what yeah. if they went on a run? They could shoot all the way up. You know, it all depends on how you finish. Basically, we've seen really good Pacers teams at times maybe you know, come out a little bit flat, and then we've seen some teams kind of go on some runs. Yeah. So it's it's going to be hard to – I hope we at least get the opportunity to see where this Pacers team finishes but hey like you mentioned we can only focus on what's happened in the past and from there i think we got a fun group here absolutely guys so if you haven't already make sure you go to pacerstalk.net when you are available to check it out on your phone check it out on your computers and download the bracket and, and fill it in accordingly let us know who you guys have in your final four as your champion this is going to be fun i'll release the bracket as well on twitter to hear your thoughts but yeah, just definitely wanted to let you guys know that we are going to have um, detailed brackets for the rest of the next couple of weeks. So just to kind of explain to you how we're going to go about doing this. So we have our voting committee. They're going to fill out their brackets completely, and they're going to turn them back in. And each week we are going to go through each round and determine the winner based on their votes. I'm going to tally their votes and majority vote will win because I'm sure there's going to be some that think, hey, you know, I think a three seed could beat a six seed in the boom baby bracket. Well, if only one person does that, then obviously the majority vote would win and the three seed would move on. But if we have a tiebreaker, you know, Foch, it'll come down to uh, we'll have to debate it on the show. So I, I think there's a lot of, there'll be a lot of interesting things we can do here with this. But, yeah, we're just going to go one round at a time. We're going to make it last for a couple of weeks as we are just kind of in limbo waiting for NBA basketball to come back, if it ever does. So uh, bear with us. Hope you have fun with it. And let us know what you think we messed up on and where you would have ranked teams differently because this is a hard thing to do. 32 teams to rank is a lot of teams, Fotch. A lot of teams, a lot of moving parts, especially when you're trying to remember who was injured that year. I mean, who got traded that year, there was there was a lot of things going on between you know coaches getting fired mid year, just a lot of different stuff. So, like I said, for some of these teams, we hold more attachment to them than maybe we should. So, for some of them, we might think that hey, this team could go on like a Cinderella run, or just hey, if so and so didn't get hurt that year, you know what? What if they are? Well, if they had a a big injury where you're out for the remainder of the year, then you're out. But for for other there's other different circumstances that go in there where. There could be some upsets. Remember, guys, this is a March Madness-esque bracket. So anticipate that the favorite is not going to win every game. So I hope to see uh, how that uh, unfolds. Yeah, are there any dark horses that you're looking at there, Fachi, that could be maybe a sleeper team? I I don't know. I, I, I was just thinking about it. Just that 2010-2011 Pacers team, they, got, they drew a tough matchup uh, in our bracket. They're going up against uh, – the Pacers team that took Orlando to Game 7. I like that Pacers team that went up against D-Rose as an 8th seed. I just don't think they're going to be able to pull off that upset. But we have some pretty interesting 4 versus 5 matchups in here that I'm going to be pretty intrigued to see. Um, also, just, I mean, pretty much any of those, that the three-year 
run under Larry Bird. I think those teams are kind of head and shoulders above a few others, and I'm excited to see how far they can go. So off the bat, I don't have any true real upsets as of now, but that could all change. You know, when I'm diving into some of this and really trying to play this out, I think there could be some upsets here. Yeah, there's there's a couple that I think that stand out to me, and the first one that stands out to me is that 1996-1997 team in the Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead bracket. They're a sixth seed going up against the 2002-2003 Pacers team. You know, that 20, that 0203 Pacers team was very young. Ron Artest, Brad Miller, Ron Mercer, a lot of young guys going up against some veterans. You know, that team in 96-97 traded Mark Jackson in the offseason, traded back for him later that year. You know, they could be a sleeper team because, like I said earlier, only a team in the 90s not to make the playoffs, but a lot of those key guys were still intact. And another team that I really like, Fachi, as an upset a team that could be upset is the 2018-2019 Indiana Pacers team as a four seed. No Oladipo. What are the Pacers going to do? You know, that 2001-2002 team was still a little bit of a hangover from the finals team and a little bit of a mix of that. So see what their, their roster looked like. Had some, like, mixed veterans with some young guys on the roster. So that boom baby 4-5 matchup is intriguing to me as well. No, it really is. Uh, that's that's going to be a fun one to see right over there. I mean, man, I would like to see the the 2017-2018 Pacers that lost to Cleveland in a seven round. It's not going to be an upset because they're a four seed in the first round matchup. But that that was a team that we touched on it a little earlier. If that team doesn't run into LeBron James, they might have went on a run that year mm-hmm. because. You know, right when you get through in the, in the conference finals that year, it was the Cavs versus a young Celtics team with no Gordon Hayward, no Kyrie Irving in the conference finals. Anything could have happened. So I'd like to see how that team plays out with the voters. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So I think, personally, Foch, I think that if, you, if you're if you looking at round two come next week, we're going to have some interesting matchups. And I really am looking yes, forward are. to some of those two, three matchups. Uh, especially in the smothered chicken bracket. I think that 2-3 matchup could be super exciting looking at those teams back-to-back years. You know, one year you have Danny Granger in the starting lineup with uh, Darren Collison for the majority of the year till he gets hurt. George Hill comes in. Lance really doesn't play too much off the bench. And then that team in 2012-2013, Danny Granger only plays five games in the Pacers as a three seed. We have the Hibbert block that year against the Knicks. That's mm-hmm. the year that, you know, we took the heat to seven games. I mean, those two teams are going to be really fun to debate. And I've heard people recently even saying they thought the year the 2011-2012 Pacers team with Danny Granger healthy was better than the following year. So it's uh, it's it's interesting. I'm not sure if I agree with it, but like I said, a lot of interesting debates here, Fudge. It really is. I'm telling you guys, just as Alex was mentioning, that second round is where things get really interesting. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are going to be torn in the second round because there are some really good matchups with some some of the best Pacer teams we've ever seen. So second round, guys, that's where it's going to get really interesting. Anything past that, it's going to be a bloodbath between some of the best teams we've ever seen in Pacers history. I, I can't even imagine how that's going to unfold. Curious to see what you guys think. That's the best part of it all, the listener engagement. So, like I said before, you guys truly do make the show. So, I hope you guys enjoy this. Absolutely. There's there's so many March Madness brackets going around, whether it's NBA, whether it's, you know, Kent Sterling, my friend, 
doing fake, you know, NCAA tournaments on the Dan Dockett show. People are just trying to find different things to keep us entertained. So, hey, you know, we're bringing you a Pacers March Madness tournament. If you're a Pacer fan, you're missing Pacers basketball. You can't miss out on this bracket. I'm telling you, you guys are going to love it. It's going to be fun to talk about. Please message us. Let us know your thoughts. Tell us what we messed up on. Tell us what we, we did great on. Tell us what you think about some upsets. You know, We want to hear from you. We, we have nothing else to do but talk to each other right now because there's no basketball to watch. So that's all I could say about this bracket. I mean, I'm excited, Flash. I really am. I really am also, and we wanted to give you guys a break from everything that's going on in the outside world right now with coronavirus. We didn't want to, that's the only time we're even bringing it up this episode. We don't want to cover that right now. We want to cover the best of Pacers history and what should be the real March Madness tournament going on right now. So we're bringing you our very own. So hope you guys like it. And once again, hey, thanks for tuning in. Absolutely. So you guys know the drill. Follow us on Twitter at SendingThePace3. At underscore FACCI from my man Fachi. I'm at Alex Golden NBA. And until next time, Pacer Nation, we'll talk to you later. Let's go, Pacers. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.